talking about or going into our straight talk segment of the night uh and um what what uh i want to talk about tonight probably comes as no surprise uh it's a pretty popular topic <laughs> that's going on um the the i don't even know what to call it i'll just say george floyd you know it's it's an international issue right now um and it's uh something that is affects all of us um currently with what's going on around the country but before uh, what i want to do is uh give a little background um personally as you know coming from my life you know growing up as a black man uh when you grow up as a black man you grow up with different uh elements and dynamics that you have to face that a, a lot of people don't have to um in certain depending on you wherever you're at and around the world but i know myself um it it was a reality for me to you know if i if i go into a store or go into a mall um eight nine times out of 10 the 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 store manager or some security guard is going to be following me around looking to see if i'm trying to steal right that's that's a reality i had to grow up with um the reality that i grew up with is that i'm gonna i'm gonna if i'm driving minding just going to work or going to the skate park or go play basketball um there's there's a possibility that that i could get pulled over for no reason right that's that's a reality that i had to grow up with um i if i'm walking down the street um at night you know and maybe there's a a couple walking up ahead of me um eight nine times out of ten that couple is probably going to be alarmed and think that i'm trying to mug them and so i i purposely have to know that that's happening i have to account for that you know when i find myself in situations like that i have to exaggerate that i have to over exaggerate how much like i'm not that kind of person so if i'm walking down the street and i can see that somebody's visibly scared i'm gonna like slow down i'm gonna slow down or act like i'm not walking in that direction just so that they don't think i'm trying to um rob them um what i'll do if i'm in a store i have to do my best to not look like i'm sneaking around i try to be as visible as possible so that the the security guards or the the store managers don't think i'm trying to pickpocket anything that's and you know what that's something that i just had to grow up with that was just normal that was my life 
that was my normal. Uh, and as a, as a black man, that's not foreign. You know, uh, when, if I ever got pulled over, I have to over-exaggerate my respect towards the cop because I don't want to do anything to escalate the situation, regardless if it's a racist cop. If he pulled me over for no reason, I have to say, yes, sir. Yes, officer. Oblige with whatever he's asking me to do because at the end of the day, he could do whatever he wants. He could plant a gun. He could bust my headlight and say that it was my fault and he can do whatever he wants. So I have to over-exaggerate. You know, and that was my life growing up. And so not a lot of people are, are aware of that kind of dynamic growing up. Not everybody is, has to deal with that. Um, I, I'm sure we're, we're all, everybody's stereotyped, you know, but that's, that's my personal upbringing. And it sucks. I was actually thinking about this and it's, um, it's crazy that I've become numb to that. It, it was just what I've accepted. And the world that we, it, it's sad that we live in a world where I have to accept that and that has to be my normal. Like that has to be my normal. Um, and that's what it is. And, and I feel like that's what's being addressed right now that's that frustration that kind of lifestyle that african-american i'll say males um, have to experience um, growing up it doesn't matter if you're a, a graduate from harvard it doesn't matter if you're a, a millionaire with a, a company and and all this stuff just the fact that you're a black man, you will most likely have to grow up with those kind of um, with, with with those kind of dynamics. Um, and you know, we see what happened to, to George Floyd. It's absolutely terrible. It's so sad what what happened, and everybody is. It's personal, especially to the black community, because we've we've gone through some something similar to that, whether it's just being pulled over or stereotyped at a mall or, you know, even in school. You know, I was an I'm an engineering major. You know, sometimes, you know, people be like, what? Well, what are you doing here? You know, when I entered some of my classes. So, and even in the Navy, just in all throughout my life, it, it's something that I've had to uh, experience. Um, and with what's happening now, um, obviously we, we all know what the state and the condition that the world is in. Um, we see peaceful protesting, but we also see uh, either mad violent protesters or people who just want to take advantage of the situation and, and riot and um, kind of uh, add fuel to the fire. 
Um, so there's, there's all that going on, but that's, you know, I said, I said a good amount. Um, I, I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on maybe what I just said. Um, and maybe just your thoughts on what's been going on, um, as far as George Floyd, the, the protest, the injustice, maybe your experience. What do, what do you guys, anybody want to share? I want to just mention a quick note, Julian, as the mother of two black men, and to to grow two black boys into men, it is a terrifying thing to, to wonder and know if you're going to make it to adulthood. It's a terrifying thing that I had to sit down and let both you and Brandon know um, what is to be expected of you. Remember when I told you that one day you would be stopped on the street whilst walking black? And that day happened. Remember when you came home and told me? You said, Mom, it finally happened. And the police stopped you on the street. You were just walking. I think you were catching the bus or whatever. And they basically interrogated you to find out. They realized that you were just a good, goofy kid, but you could have gone the other way. I mean, every black family, something that no other family knows anything about, has to sit down with their children at some point and explain to them that the color of their skin brings fear. That's hard. That's hard. And when that man cried out for his mother, with that man's knee on his neck, that could have been you, Papa. So, yeah. It's real hard to think that I raised two men to adulthood without fail, no trouble, no arrest, no nothing. It's good people, God-fearing people, and they're feared because of the color of their skin. You don't sleep at night when you're not home. When you guys don't come, didn't come home if you're late or you're, you know, you get a call, you don't know that's the call. Terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. As to these people who are looting and burning things down, they've taken a righteous movement and turned it into something awful. The people who are looting and the people who are protesting, those are two separate things. And unfortunately, the media is only concerned with the looting because whatever they can do to turn away from our concerns. And I don't know what to do with them. I just turned away. I can't listen or deal with it anymore because as per usual, 
when it comes to black skin, it eventually goes in one ear and comes out the other. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. I don't know. The only way we're going to change it is that by people who say that they're not racist and they care about black lives, actually get up and do something about it. Because we don't have any power. This nation was not built for us to have any power. We, America is like Pharaoh was terrified the Jews and ordered everything when he saw us growing. When he saw us growing, getting nothing he did could keep us down. So what did we do? We ordered them dead. It's just history repeating itself. They're trying to contain. That's just my take. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's uh it almost it almost seems like a hopeless situation. Mm. Before I before I share anything else, is there anybody else wanna give their their input? You know, no wrong answers here. Anybody want to share? Else? Well, it is it is a, a hard thing to talk about. Right. And to be faced with. Um I guess before I continue, I have a question for for you guys. Maybe what what is it like for you to hear this? Is it new? Is it shocking? Is it something you are aware of, or or what? I'll unmute you. Okay, there you go. Okay, so, uh, hey guys. Um, so, hearing about this movement, hearing about this, this uh, in our nation, and for me, it is not the beginning, nor is it the end, because I've seen I've seen this before. I've seen this before in another form. I've seen this uh, back in um, Mexico. Um, there's been people protesting against police brutality, against uh, the government, against uh, laws that uh, take take uh, that take a way of living for a certain group 
and in this country the that group would be african americans but in mexico the group would be women because women are not respected at all over there so they're they did the same thing that is happening right here in america down south in mexico so for me this is just like the same movement but just spreading to another country in another way in another form in another shape but i see it as the same just hate you know and and people who want it who want to change the world but they want to they don't want to change it with peace but they want to change it with hate and violence and destruction instead of just uh being peaceful and and uh just waiting for the right moment you know for that god-given moment because god is you know that the, the time of the time of god is the right time so yes of course it's gonna be justice yes of course it's going to be a a time of uh recognition but we have to wait and not we don't have to try to force it upon the world the world itself would will just automatic automatically uh bow down to our needs bow down to our to what we think is uh just share with you guys Yeah. You see the the parallel, I guess you could say. Um, you see um, the injustice, a similar a form of injustice taking place um, in, in Mexico as well. And you know there are injustices that take place all over the world, and some of those injustices hit closer to home, or you could say hit different. Um, depending on the situation and depending on your your background, depending on your upbringing. Um, so like what you just shared, Hector, is you, that would probably be more sensitive to you than somebody like myself who is outside of that. And then you could kind of um flip the script and, and say vice versa um and in a, in a sense we all have unique experiences or you could say unique trauma right where you know the experiences that i have i'm sensitive to and those are you could say traumatic to me the experiences that somebody else has or has is it, it, sensitive to them and traumatic to them and even though they may not affect us the same way it affects them, I think it's like what we're seeing now is that it's important that we are sensitive to those injustices and sensitive to other people's injustices that, that, they, that they feel. Um, it was specific, specifically what's happening here in America, that's an injustice that um, almost every African American male can relate to, um, to one degree or another. Around the world? Around the world. Around the world. 
the, um, the African diaspora. Yeah. And that's, that's just the norm. And, and in a sense, it's like, <clears throat> it's not an absolutely hopeless situation, but, you know, I was thinking of a way to kind of explain it. And there's a, you know, like a, I think about a, a football game. And if I use an analogy of a football game, it's like the the system that is against or that um, black men have to um, deal with is like the defense on a football team. And the defense is, is, is positioned to try and stop you. But if your offense is good enough, you can get past the defense. But it, it seems that, you know, like I, I look at myself and I was able to make the right moves and do the right things to outsmart my defense enough to get to where I'm at today. But like I had to work hard, just like a, a football team has to work hard to try and outsmart a defense. You know, I have to work or every African-American has to work a lot harder than others, right? It's like I'm playing against, I'm up against the best defensive football team on the planet. Whereas others, they're probably up against maybe a mediocre team where it's not as hard. So that that kind of... Um, I feel like that kind of explains it in a way that that makes sense um, to me. Um, but with with everything that's happening, you know, once all the the looting stops, once all the the dust settles, once the protests, you know, uh, are are finished, what then? Like, how do we actually get past this? What do we do to actually address this problem, this issue? Um, and when I went, I went this weekend to one of the protests, I didn't know what to do. I, I found myself wondering, okay, what can I actually do that's productive? And, and all I knew that I could do was, was to pray. You know, I was broken seeing what was happening, seeing, you know, a couple bad apples spoil up for the whole bunch. There was some peaceful protesting, but then some individuals wanted to start throwing bricks and water bottles. And as a result, the, the, the policemen started tear gassing everybody. It doesn't matter if you were being peaceful or not, but because of the few bad apples, it spoiled it for the whole bunch. Um, and even myself, I had to run. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just sitting here praying and I have to run from the tear gas. I've never found myself in a position like that in my life. Um, but then as I was talking to the people and continuing to pray later on a couple of blocks away, I was asking like, okay, what can we actually do? And I left later on wondering like, okay, something has to be done, but what, what does actual progress and change look like? And I, I really took it to, to myself um, to really 
think about that and pray. And I began researching Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his methods and his strategy as far as how he went about bringing about change. And I put together a kind of a, um, an outline of a strategy of, of what that could look like. Um, I don't have it um, complete yet, but it's, it's, a, it's something that's comprehensive and it's something, at least from my perspective, that begins um, first on an individual level and then at the family level, then at the church level, and then at the government level. So there's four levels that, that need to be systematically addressed. But it starts with us individually, and then to spearhead this movement, it, it starts with the church. Something that was um, essential in, in Dr. Martin Luther King's movement is that his movement wasn't political. Like he wasn't a politician, he was a minister. His movement was spiritual. And his spiritual movement influenced the political. And that's what the church is called to do. So it begins with us um, at an individual level, then at a family level, at the church level, and then we're called to influence and be involved with government affairs. So that's kind of just a little bit of uh, how I think we can systematically approach these injustices and bring about real change. Um, throughout all of these, what we want to do and, and what we, we know and understand is that true unity is only possible through Christ. Absolute true unity is only possible through Christ. But what we can do as individuals, as families, and as a church is model unity in a way that is on the path towards true unity. And that's a, that's a pretty big statement and there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, but I, I, I personally wanna do whatever I can to bring about real progress and real change. And that's something that I'm going to be investigating and, and looking into and inviting more people into as time goes on in the, the days and weeks to come, but we got to do something. It starts with us. Be the light. And that's all I got.